Welcome to Keeping Cup. I'm Ariana. I'm a professional cellist, yoga enthusiast, and I love doing impersonations of my friends. On this podcast, you'll hear candid discussions about what it's like to work in the classical music industry, as well as the ins and outs of maintaining a varied and balanced lifestyle. I'll also bring guests on to talk about their distinctive areas of expertise. I hope these little nuggets will brighten your day, and maybe you'll even learn something. Let's get into it. Welcome to Keeping Cup. I'm so excited to have my friend Molly Goldman on the podcast today. Molly is a performing violist and teacher in New York City, and more importantly, my friend. We met at Juilliard and bonded initially over our mutual love of hot dogs. I'm just so grateful for her because I would not have survived that place without her. Molly has been super successful in navigating the performance and teaching scene in the city, which is something that is not easy to accomplish. She recently went on a six month tour performing with the Broadway show Miss Saigon, which I got to see when they came to Houston. It was amazing. So I'm so glad she's on here to chat with me about it. Welcome, Molly. Thank you so much for having me, Ariana. Molly, you're my first guest. Did you know that? I, I really, I feel honored to be your first guest and um, could not be more thrilled about this project. Thank you for your support. It means everything. <laughs> Thank you for your support. It means everything. I'm so glad to hear that. Okay, well, before we get into Miss Saigon, can you just first explain a little bit about all the different things that you do in New York City? Maybe like pre-current times? Absolutely. So um, I do all sorts of things in New York, as Ari mentioned. I teach at two schools, and I teach a couple different things at these schools. I teach Suzuki violin and viola. And I teach general music classes for um, kids under the age of five, which is pretty fun. So I, I like sing and like play guitar, but learn like basic rhythms, just, you know, developing t- basic tonal and rhythmic skills while having a lot of fun. We do like dancing, things like that. That sounds fun. When I'm not doing that, I, b- before coronavirus, I was um, subbing on Wicked and um i have subbed on a bunch of broadway shows wicked my fair lady Builder on the roof miss saigon and i had just finished up a season with the radio city rockettes um playing viola for their christmas spectacular for two and a half months which was indeed spectacular it was um it was an awesome job wow how many shows did you have to play of that Of that, I played close to 100 shows in 10 weeks. That is insane. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for giving us a little insight into your life. Okay, so for most of us, like classical musicians, the Broadway scene is very, like, exclusive and elusive, I feel. How do you get into that scene and how did you start playing on those shows? You know, it's different for everyone. Um, I have, like, a really kind of windy path. I moved, I moved to New York City to go to Juilliard, and Juilliard was great because it offered Suzuki teacher training as one of its courses um, that you could take, but it wasn't offered at Juilliard. It was outside of Juilliard at um, a school called School for Strings. And so what you can do is you can get your Suzuki teacher training through book one, 
through book eight. And if you don't know what Suzuki, the Suzuki method is, um, it's um, this very methodical way of teaching violin, viola, cello, piano. You can, I think you can do Suzuki flute and guitar as well. And it's really, it's, I think it's a really great way to teach. And it's really how to raise your child through music, appreciating music, appreciating um, learning something with your kid um, and doing something together, which I think is really beautiful. So I started taking this class and in my class, I met one of my closest friends, Will Curry. And at the time, Will was the, uh, I think, assistant or associate conductor at Online Miz. And he had also had just moved to New York and we had become friends. And when Will moved from Les Mis to Fiddler on the Roof, he um, contacted me to sub for him. After, you know, I, I, you know, I was pretty, I pestered him a bunch about it. You know, I, I asked him I, and I wasn't shy about it. And because it was something, you know, that I, I've always been interested in since I was little, you know, to play in a pit on Broadway. And so after pestering him enough, and we, I mean, we became very close. We had done some gigs together. He was like, okay, come sub for me at the Lone Roof. And because of that, you know, I started subbing for him on all the shows that he was doing. And that led to um, Miss Saigon. So let me get this straight. You pretty much have to have like an in. You have to have a friend, a buddy. Right. It wasn't just like, I met Will and he was like, here, like, I'll let you do this. I was secretly vetted, I think, but in a great way. Will contacted me because uh, somebody was putting together this onstage production of Peter Pan, and it was um, a benefit concert, so I was not getting paid. Doing it for the exposure? Doing it for the exposure, doing it to meet people. And I sat next to this very lovely woman named Carla, and Carla and I are now very good friends. And she um, was sub for me for Radio City and, you know, has definitely become um, a great colleague to have. And so it turns out that I was saying this to Carla and Carla was secretly vetting me for Will, um, which I didn't know. Sneaky. You know, that really, that really shows you to, you know, always show up prepared, learn your notes, because you never know who's watching or listening. And that day, I actually met a ton of colleagues that I continue to pre-coronavirus to play with in every show I sub on. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's it's definitely very different than a symphony orchestra. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think so. The thing the thing about Broadway is that it, it there is some un unpredictability to it because it is so predictable. You have a show every night at eight o'clock. You know, there's eight shows a week. But sometimes the regulars, something will happen last minute or something will, you know, something can go right or they could get a, a cool gig and you could get a call 30 minutes before and say, hey, can you show up? So I think unlike symphony orchestra, like the things that people are really looking for are for you to show up on time, be prepared and can you can get along with everyone. Of course, you need some skills because you couldn't get that far without you know some strong some strong playing skills but um once you get past that to really just reliability is so important i i have a a great story of, of my fair lady i mean it's not a great story it's a horrible story 
when I was subbing on My Fair Lady, the, the man who I was subbing for, Brad, um, was crossing the street at 66th Street, and he got hit by a car at 7.30. Oh, my God. And I got a text message at 7.31 saying, how fast can you get down to Lincoln Center? I just got hit by, the, by a car. I can't play tonight. And so quickly was I down there. I mean, I got there probably by 7.55, Like, it was really by the skin of my teeth. But I was, you know, to be prepared to, at any moment is something that for subbing is just something. It's a, it's a possibility. It's a total possibility. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure they were more willing and knew you were up for the challenge and be able to get there quickly. Yeah. And I think I, and I think that I, you know, because I was quick and prepared, I, I think that um, it's, it's helped me get other gigs and things like that. I'm sure. Okay. So how did you, how did the Miss Saigon tour end up coming about for you? And what was it like when you got offered that tour? Like, how you decided, okay, I'm going to leave New York City for six months. So uh, Will and I end, ended up teaching at the same Suzuki school. You know, it's, we, I, the two of us, I feel like, have a really good relationship in that, like, we will help us out. We will help each other out professionally. Him helping me with subbing, me helping with, you know, getting him a teaching job, just things like that. And I think that's something that we really value in our relationship. And so we were sitting at the school that we teach at, and he was saying that he was actually offered the job or was being vetted for the music director position for Miss Saigon. And I was like, wow, like, that's really cool. I think I would be interested in going on tour. I think at that point in my life, I had just gotten out of a relationship. I was needing a change of pace. I mean, and, but then again, at the same time, I was offered this job in February, but it wasn't going to start for a whole year later. I think that's a really important thing to put in there. Right. And so I was like, okay, like, I mean, like, if you guys need to be old, it's like, I would, I would love to be considered. Within five minutes, his boss, the music supervisor, who was the music director on Broadway, Jim, was also a lovely, lovely, lovely man, texted me and said the job is yours if you want it take a couple weeks and let, let us know uh, and you know I mean I that doesn't happen for everybody I know a lot of people who were on the tour had to send in a tape or you know had to have some sort of meeting but because I you know played the show on Broadway what was Will's sub and I knew I already knew the music I, I, there were there were steps that didn't need to be taken basically because I already knew a, a lot of people from the production so I took a couple weeks it was it was a hard decision because I you know because I work at these schools and I do love teaching and uh, there was a possibility of me not being able to come back to, to that so I talked to both of my bosses and um, in both the schools and they both let me take a sabbatical for six months from January to July of 2019 and once that was in, in place I said, let's go, let's do it. And then we went. Wow. That is exciting. I remember talking to you and you were just like, well, I'm going. We'll see. We're, we're doing it. I'm sure there's no way to really prepare yourself 
for what it's going to be like. No. Except I know that you got some really fancy um, luggage. Oh, yes, I did. I treated myself to some fancy away luggage who should be sponsors, who should be sponsors of Keeping Cup. (laughs) Yes, I hope they're listening. Can you just give me an idea of like the scope of this tour and how did you guys even travel around? So um, here's the scope of the tour. There were 12 musicians. So there was a strings section of um, violin, viola, cello, bass, two keyboard players. My numbers might not add up, but this I know. There was a brass section of four, winds of three, two keys, and then a conductor. The cast, I believe, was 40, which is a huge touring cast. Maybe it's not 40, maybe it's like 30. But there's a lot, there was between 30 and 40 people, I think. And then the crew was probably 20 or so people. And then we, of course, we had production man, two production managers. Um, I think in total, they, they traveled between 60 and 80 people. That's a lot. There were 12 semi-trucks that would um, take the sets from city to city. And then typically we would fly the company would arrange flights for us that i mean it was not we didn't have to deal with any of that um but if it the cities were close we would drive um i think we only drove once or twice on a tour bus well like a on like a coach bus if it, it was just the longest we would drive is like three hours i think three or four hours and besides that they would fly us so we did we did eight shows a week so we would have tuesday through fridays one show and then doubles on Saturdays and Sundays, typically. Wow. And how many cities did you go to? I went to 12 cities. The tour was actually, so in my contract, I only went to 12. A lot of people went to a lot more. Um, I just had made um, a very specific deal with the music department that I would only be gone for six months because I wanted to go back to my teaching. Uh, And the tour, unfortunately, got cut short because of coronavirus. It was still going. um, And it was was supposed to be going through June. Oh, wow. What was your favorite place that you got to visit, whether it was a new city to you or not, just favorite place and anything fun that you got to do? I'm sure you didn't have that much free time, but when you did. I, of course, loved going to Houston. Oh, yes. Houston was so fun, of course, because of Ariana. And I, I, I mean, getting to stay with you was definitely a highlight for me as well. That was awesome. Besides Houston, I really loved going to Boston and Philadelphia. We got to be in Boston for three weeks, um, I, which really I had not spent so much time there. In, um, and we got to go in a really nice time. It was June in Boston. The weather was beautiful. My accommodations were nicer than other places, like like other cities. Uh, yeah, the museums were really nice. We went to Cleveland. I'm from Cleveland. And I stayed with my family that was actually very fun. I liked staying with my parents and, you know, getting to show my tour buddies, like, all the parts of Cleveland that maybe they wouldn't have gotten to see if they didn't know about things. And we also, like, had this big party at my house for everybody, which was really fun. Oh, how cool. And when we were in Cleveland, something really special happened. My mom is an orchestra director, and the orchestra and some of the cast came, and we did this huge workshop with my mom's orchestra, and we put some music together with her orchestra and we all played together and then some of the cast sang like with us and it was really special 
That's so cool. And I also like to go into Nashville. It was such like a nice like music scene and one of my very closest friends growing up lives there as well. And so that was really nice. You mentioned that you brought some of your tour buddies to see your favorite places in Cleveland. Did you end up getting really close with the people you were on tour with? Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you like don't have a choice of people you hang out with. And I feel really lucky that we had such a good group of people. Right. They are, are like a really good-hearted group of people, and I'm so glad that I got to spend the time with them. I, I would imagine you don't get a ton of alone time while you're on tour. Is that is that true? I think um, there's like you can and you can't. Like if you so with like living situations, you can choose to opt out of the company housing and like rent an Airbnb or something. So I have two um great friends from tour zoe mira hey zoe mira shout out what's up that um we would often rent houses together and that would be really fun but i I feel like people were pretty respectful of like having alone time that's good yeah what do you think from your perspective were like the hardest things about being on tour in the span of me accepting the position and going I found myself in a new relationship which is not new anymore we've now been together for almost two years um which is crazy congratulations thank you two years over the summer which is really insane to me so that was really hard was being away from Liz and like being away from my things it's hard I think it's hard to live out of a suitcase for six months I'm sure and you know being you know respectful to your partner you know just giving everybody like the space to communicate effectively i think that was really difficult you know i there's also always this fear that especially in new york because the freelance scene is i would say very aggressive um going away and the fear of like being forgotten like when you leave the city, like your face isn't around. I had a big fear about re-entry, which turned out to be great. It was, yeah, I feel like I handled it well and re-entered well. Right. I remember you telling me that your bosses at your various schools that you teach at were like very supportive of you, were excited for you, which is nice. Yeah, that was, they were really supportive and like, you know, re-entering the freelancing was actually, I think, uh, pretty easy compared to what I had thought. I was so lucky, so, so, so lucky um, to win Radio City right um, actually two weeks after I returned from, um, two weeks from after I returned from tour, which was crazy. And um, I... After, when I returned, I also started um, subbing on uh, Wicked pretty quickly after that and was offered a couple more opportunities shortly after that as well that um, allowed me to, you know, support myself in that sort of way. That's awesome. That's really nice. It seems like an ideal situation. It was It was ideal. And I, you know, that, it, that it's not like that for everybody. And so I'm very thankful, very grateful. Well, I think it's also a testament to how great you are, and everyone knows it. Oh, oh. <laughs> a gem, a true gem. Okay, so I want to ask you, I remember hearing some funny stories from you. So how do you guys keep things interesting when you're on tour for six months with the same bunch of people? 
any funny things that happened or oh sure um so there the cast was pretty um there were some people that were pretty wild so there was a party planning committee like on the office yes basically like on the office but these would get really crazy um there so there were like theme parties all the time probably like every other week or like every couple weeks like what kind of theme there was a 54 below party there were costume parties toga parties halloween i mean i was never Halloween, but i know there were crazy halloween parties all sorts of things mm-hmm. like that and people would really go all out like there's not much else to do especially if you're like in a city like durham north carolina where you know we really don't know anything or anyone you know it's really something to like look forward to sure and with the traveling, I mean, we did have one really crazy thing happen with our traveling once. So there's a very tight window to travel. You have one day to get from one place. You have a Monday. That's our day off. So that's our one day window to get from whatever place to place. So in February of last year, we were traveling from Charlotte, North Carolina to Buffalo, New York. And if anybody remembers that's listening, there was a crazy wind storm this week, this day that we were traveling. Okay. And flights were just getting canceled left and right, left and right, left and right. And sometimes when there aren't enough seats on the plane for the whole cast and crew, they'll split it up like crew, cast, and orchestra. So the orchestra was on this one flight that kept getting canceled, kept getting redirected. And and during this, I also had like the stomach flu. Uh, so oh no. we, it was like a windstorm, a stomach flu. Like it was really just like a recipe for disaster. So we get to the airport, our flight's delayed like three hours, and they're like, "Okay, we're redirecting you to New York City." I'm like, all right. So we get on a plane to New York City. It was not terrible, but it wasn't like the best flight I've ever been on. Um, so we get to New York and they say that all flights to Buffalo are canceled. Oh no. So our production manager, Jack, who I honestly think handled this amazingly, was like, all right, like we're taking a flight to Cleveland because there's a flight from Cleveland to Buffalo or something like we're going to, we're going to go to Cleveland and then we're going to take a bus to Buffalo. It's only like a three hour drive but they they organized like a tour bus like a nice like coach bus for us to go from cleveland to buffalo so we get to cleveland and we're like ready to go and we're like ready to get on this bus but they sent the wrong kind of bus and at this at this time it's 11 p.m oh wow okay so instead of a coach bus they sent a party bus basically like a, a limo there was like flashing lights and a star is born was playing in the back. And so Jack was like, okay, you guys like, we can either take this like limo. You can sit in a limo for three hours, which is not the most comfortable, or we can like all like rent cars and go. And, but people were so just like fed up with the whole thing that we shoved ourselves into this tour bus. Oh my God. And on top of that, it not only was just the orchestra, but there are, there in the show, there's a child. So they bring around four children. So it was everybody in the orchestra and the four children and their moms on this bus. How old and are these little ch- children? 
I would say they are four and five years old. Oh my god. Um, and they were real troopers, but so I'm like sick as a dog on this bus, some party bus limo, and we just drove from Cleveland to Buffalo, party bus Lady Gaga in the background style. Wow. Were people like partying it up or was everyone just fed up and like trying to go to sleep? I feel like everybody had like the best attitude they possibly could. I don't think anybody really slept on that except for me because I was just not, not well. well. But like even the little kids, like they were like, oh my God, it's a party bus. Like they were so excited by it that they started singing happy birthday party bus because they like didn't understand what was going on. That's so cute. It was really cute. Kids are cute. It actually lightened the mood a lot. And but um, we all made a pact that it would not be funny for at least a year because it, it was pretty, it was a miserable day. Well, it's been a year, so. It's finally been a year. Yeah. We can speak about it now. We can, we can finally speak about it. That's good. Here to tell the tale. You survived. Well, I'm very impressed. Thank you. Has anything really weird happened in a performance? Absolutely. I mean, it can't go swimmingly every time, although I'm sure it's quite the operation that they have it pretty nailed down yeah i mean a couple of times we had to stop the show for like technical issues once we stopped the show for like 45 minutes in the middle of the show in the middle of the show like there are these giant set pieces that would like close and open and like they would like get off the tracks there's also a helicopter in the show and so sometimes when like the helicopter wouldn't work we would have to stop and there was one time where one of the actors, the main actor, the guy who plays the main male part, something happened to his voice in the middle, so he left and then his understudy went on for the very first time in the middle of the show, oh. which was really intense. And it was it was amazing. He did an amazing job. But um, uh, we definitely had to like kind of follow him like a little extra closely. Yeah. The wonders of live performance. Love those glasses, Ari. Thank you. <laughs> We're on podcast too. glasses. So hearing all that, it's, it sounds just like quite the experience. Would you ever consider going on tour again? I think I would consider it, but it would have to be, it would have to be the right time and the right situation for it. But I would definitely go back out. Um, but it would have to be of like a very specific situation. I see. Cool. Well, hopefully these shows will be able to pick back up. One day they will open again. I really enjoyed, I had never seen Miss Saigon and I really enjoyed it. So if anyone is listening and if anyone is listening ever to this, they should go see Miss Saigon because it's so good. The dancing, the singing. I was of course listening mostly to the orchestra. The viola probably. The viola, you had a few solos. Couple solos. Sounded so good. Oh, thanks, sorry. Yeah. So good. Well, Molly, do you have anything else to add that you'd love us to to know? I don't think so, except for how proud I am of you and your amazing podcast. Ari. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Podcast voice. Oh, oh. well, <laughs> I'm working on it. Before you sign off, where can we find you on social media if you want to give yourself a plug? Um, my Instagram is at Molly Goldman, and I think the same goes for my Facebook. I don't have a website, but maybe I should make one and put this on there. Yeah, you probably should make one by the time this airs. I should probably make one right now so I can put this on there tomorrow because I know it's just going to go so quickly. 
yeah, you're going to be famous. Well, you're already famous. Oh, no. Yes, you are. Well, thank you, Molly, for coming on. This was just a pleasure to chat with you about this. Thank you for having me. You are my idol. <gasps> you're my idol. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Molly. Thank you for listening to Keeping Cup. Make sure to subscribe so that you get notified when new episodes are uploaded. Intro music is an original tune by my dad, Roger Nelson, performed by Roger on piano and my mom, Karen, on fiddle. Cover photography is by Natalie Gaynor. Thank you.